It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. fans this is mike k from nj advanced media and welcome to the no huddle show podcast where we discuss anything and everything philadelphia eagles you can read our content on nj.com slash eagles bookmark that and you can subscribe to our exclusive eagles insider tech service where we'll break news give you insider observations and provide in-depth analysis through eagles extra you can send questions and comments directly to us and we'll respond to your phone with me today as always is my fellow eagles beat reporter chris franklin today we're going to discuss the eagles Eagles week five matchup against the Panthers, what the Eagles can do to pull up, uh, pull off rather uh, an, another NFC South upset win and reasons for optimism during this three game slide. So, Chris, how you doing? Not too bad, man. You know, I, I know this is a whole different other sport, but uh, when it comes to Ernie Banks, he used to always say, let's play two. And the Eagles are about to start a, an important stretch here with two NFC uh, South teams within the span of a, a week. So it's going to be an interesting week to see where this team stacks up, man. How are you doing? Um, well, uh, I got to see the, the, the new James Bond flick last night. Picked How up. Was it? Oh, it was terrific. Uh, picked up a, a copy of Dave Grohl's memoirs for the flight to Charlotte. And, you know, things are looking up, uh, I, I guess. Anyway, on that note, let's start off with some positive stuff, because obviously the last three weeks have been mostly negative. Um, we spoke to Devontae Smith on Thursday, and he talked about how he likes to focus on the negatives and not the positives, because the positives, he knows he did, what he did to do do well. The negatives, he wants to figure out how he can fix them. And I was just curious, as a former athlete, uh, what your take was on that mindset and why do you think it works for a guy, especially a young guy like Devontae? I think it's a, it's unique in that way in the fact that most guys usually want to shelter themselves and think of the positive, you know, because there's a lot of voices that come from the outside. You know, you, you hear guys like us, you, you hear fans, you, and as much as some players say they don't pay attention to it, but they do when it comes to social media. You see a lot of that stuff, and, and I think they want to shelter themselves from having to hear that and dwelling on, dwell on it and it weighing them down. The fact that he says he wants to listen to – the ne- find look and seek the negative stuff. I think it's an interesting point of view. I mean, he seems like he got the type of guy that wants to be great. And I say that in the fact that he wants to find every little detail that he's not perfect at in trying to address it. And you like to see guys like that. I just will hope that long term he's not or either he has the character where it's just, okay, I'll just shrug off. I don't care what you said. It's just like a bulletproof. I'm not going to let it go to it. 
or he just decides, hey, you know what? I'm, he it's a short term thing early in his career because, I mean, negative stuff can weigh on you in, in the long run, and it, it, it gets rough out there. So I thought it was a unique take that he did. That what do you think? Yeah, I think it's a great um, lesson for kids who want to consistently improve. Like it's great to get the pats on the back, but I think making yourself a better person, making yourself a better player, making yourself better in whatever it is you do is the goal that one should have if they want to reach the pinnacle of what they're doing. Obviously, Devontae Smith was a top 10 pick. He was a Heisman Trophy winner. He won two national championships. It's worked out for him so far, I'd say. Um, Another positive note is after missing two weeks, Jordan Melata is going to be back in the lineup uh, for the game against the Panthers. He's been battling a knee injury. Nick Sirianni told us today on Friday that he had a terrific week of practice. Uh, and that he should be good to go. I'm guessing he's going to line up at right tackle just because Andre Dillard doesn't really, oh, excuse me, have the versatility uh, to play on the right side. I think they want Jack Driscoll in the starting lineup, but uh, they feel like he's good at guard. He was supposed to play guard last week. Lane Johnson will be out for this as he continues to deal with his personal matter. And I, uh, I, I speak for Chris and saying, you know, we hope everything uh, works out for Lane Johnson. But I do think the Eagles are in, in uniquely good shape based on how Jack Driscoll played last week, the, based on the way Andre Dillage played the past two weeks based on the fact that Jordan Maylott is a huge upgrade over both of them in any area of the field. Uh, what's your take on Jordan Maylott potentially lining up at right guard – or, sorry, excuse me, right tackle? Well, I think it helped bolsters this offensive line. The thing I'm worried about is it was that right knee that he that he injured at one he got rolled up on a couple weeks ago. And I want to see if he, if he lines up on that light side. That's the one – that's his kick leg, the one he – gets out there quickly to establish his position against some of these def- the, the Panthers defensive ends. And I, w- I want to see how well it holds up and how quickly and how much weight he can support on that. Because if he's about 60, 70 percent, he's just out there just to be a guy who just a veteran guy who who knows what he's doing. And because only because he knows that he's the best option you have at right tackle. That gets a little worrisome because then when you're the quarterback and you see that pressure coming from your face, you start that quickens that that internal clock you have and you have to start looking around. So I want to see if, if he does wind up playing right tackle uh, how early on, how that knee holds up to do that. If that's the case, then you start looking at your guard position. I think in the interior part, you start looking who's going to play where I thought Dickerson played well on that left side. And that, that wound, I think he looks better on that side when it comes to a hole. And then you look at possibly Driscoll or Herbig being the right guard. And I think I feel personally, I feel comfortable with either of those guys there. I thought Herbig played well last week and Driscoll has shown that he's a capable NFL guy who's serviceable, can play multiple positions. So overall, I don't think it'll be a problem heading against the Panthers. You just hope that Milana's knee holds up. Yeah, and I think this is a one-week sort of situation. I think Melata would would go back to left tackle once Lane Johnson obviously comes back, whenever that is. Um, Obviously, there's a lot of mystery around that. But, yeah, I think, like you said, Dickerson played well left guard. I think they really like Driscoll as a right guard coming into the league. A lot of uh, executives and scouts thought that he was a better fit at guard than tackle. Um, and Dillard's played fine. I mean, he, I, he, I, nobody's going to say he's going to, you know, Wally Pip, Jordan Melata or anything like that, but he's, he's played relatively well. Uh, it hasn't been a disaster. Yeah. Thanks. Um, <laughs> so 
you know, I, I think when you're looking at this potential switch up, some people are going to be upset because they feel like they're moving Melata to uh, to benefit Dillard. But really, I think getting your best five guys on the line makes sense. Plus, Nate Herbig's a pretty good sixth man as the swing interior guy. I think they really like Brett Toth. Another thing that, to keep in mind is uh, Suo Opeta, who they just brought up last week from the uh, practice squad. He's now on the COVID reserve list. The Eagles, who technically... Uh, boost one of their guys from the practice squad without taking up one of their two games of eligibility of uh, regular elevation. So what that means is it's a third potential game where they could use a guy before he's subject to waivers. Um, the Raven Clark's back healthy on the, on IR. I wouldn't shock me if he's kind of like the emergency tackle um, behind, you know, Brett Toth. Like, so that way, Toth can play guard. Like if there's an injury at center, Herbig would go in. If if there's an injury at guard, depending on where it is, Toth could go in. Um, and if there's an injury at tackle, like I mean, you're pretty much screwed at that point. But uh, then Raven Clark could handle those assignments. Um, I think. Ooh, as we get into previewing this game, I think the Eagles can really run the ball well. Uh, on this Panthers team, uh, the Cowboys ran for over 200 yards against them. Dak had, I think, 40 yards rushing. So they're susceptible to the run. Shaq Thompson, their very talented linebacker, is not going to play. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, their, all pro, their Pro Bowl running back, he's going to be doubtful, um, which could be a huge break for the Eagles. Uh, talk to me about this matchup. What, let, first, let's talk about Jalen Hurts versus this defense. And and uh, I, I feel like this is a Devontae Smith, Miles Sanders game. What do you think? It really wasn't. And I'll start out with this saying I was really shocked that the Panthers tried to use the two high safeties a lot early on in that game against the Cowboys looking at the film again because I thought they would learn their lesson, see what the – what happened against the Eagles, but they did that early on. And it's like, it's made me scratch my head a little bit, but going against his defense and especially a defensive coordinator, Phil snow. One thing that he's liked to do across his time when he was with temple, when he was at Baylor and now at Panthers, he likes to disguise a lot of the pressures and he likes to bring it. If he feels like he's not getting enough. And I think this is going to be one of the games where you're going to see Jalen hurts, scramble ability come into play here, because I wouldn't be surprised given that they don't have Lawson for this game, I wouldn't be surprised if they start to see more corner blitzes or more overloading, especially to the side of Andre Dillard. I think that that would be a side if I get toward Jalen Hurts' blind side, go against a guy who, to me, out of, out of all the five on the edges, I think that's that might be the weakest part of there. I wouldn't be surprised seeing that a little bit more. But going against this defense, the middle of the field is is, is there. I, and if I can look at that, and it becomes one of those things where you have Hurts, his scrambling ability may force this team to play more zone, I think. I think you, you even though I think it, it would be best for the Panthers to blitz, they may be forced to play more zone because they don't want Hurts to beat them with the legs and it gives the defensive backs and that basically that back seven all their eyes and attention to be able to pay attention to Hurts and make sure he doesn't pick up too many yards and instead of being a man where they have to trail him. So I think this is one of those things where he can have another good day if he's patient enough. It, it might be one of those things where you see Devonta Smith going across the middle, Zach Ertz and Dallas Goddard in the middle, take the five to 10 yards that you have, you get in that their area and start building upon drives. And he has to be patient, not wanting to force a ball in there because there's some gaps in that. And, and I still see some gaps in the middle of that field. The secondary, I thought 
that you won't have to see Stephen Gilmore, who did Panthers traded for this week. So I think the Eagles dodged a bullet there because he's still a pup too. So the Eagles dodged a bullet there, but it's there. There, there's yards to be had against there. I think even though they statistically are ranked third in the league and in, in total yards of defense, is they haven't outwardly impressed me to the point where you say, hey, you know what, they're like the Buffalo Bills defense or some of the other top tier defenses in the league. So it, the Eagles could have some success and move the ball against them. Yeah, this definitely feels like a winnable game uh, in the middle of this brutal October stretch. They still have to face Tampa, um, Tampa Bay, excuse me, and then they have to go to Vegas, which seems like a toss up. But uh, if the Eagles can come out of this at, you know, this stretch at like three and four, they're feeling pretty good about themselves. But in order to get to three and four, they probably have to beat Carolina. Tampa Bay seems like another home loss. Um, But not to get too far ahead of ourselves, talk to me about uh, the Eagles defense versus Panthers offense, potentially minus CMC. See, the thing I'm I'm, the Eagles defense is is a problem is they, they play, they play a lot of that Tampa two look that, that, that cover two, Thing to protect us so they won't get beat deep. And I know Darius Slay is a better man corner than he is zone and, and, and Steven Nelson as well, too. I just see they're going to have to play this against because DJ Moore is a really good wide receiver. He's sec- a third in the league when it comes to receptions, and he's really tough after the catch. And and Robbie Anderson is a really fast wide receiver who's a really good deep threat, and it's all going to come to stopping the run. And in order to protect from beating those guys up deep, you're going to have to keep those safeties back once again, enough for a third straight week. And this front seven has to find a way to get enough, pre- not only get enough pressure and get into the gas, but get some penetration in there and not over pursue them. Just basically play sound defensive mind, defensive minded uh, defense. And which is harder than, it, it, look, it's, than it sounds, right? Yeah. It's, it's, it's like, it's what, Especially when it comes to is a lot of that stuff when it comes to gaps. I know there's a lot of intricacies, you know, shades and everything else. A lot of it is basically say, "Hey, this is your responsibility on this look. Just do your job." And it seems like every part you see like ten guys do their job against this defense, and then you have the one guy that either jumps off sides or over penetrates or doesn't watch the backside, and then offenses are catching onto that, and they they make the Eagles pay for that. And I really. That Sam Darnold's played a lot better, but he's injured. He's turnover prone. He really is. And if this is a game for Fletcher Cox to really come out of his shell and take it personally that everybody's talking about him slowing down and and, and be that angry guy, he seems to be a lot of times. But to use that anger against the Carolina Panthers' offensive line to be disruptive and force a couple turnovers, it's possible because the Steve. If if Cox has at least two sacks, I think uh, two sacks or forces at least a turnover, I think this team wins. Yeah, I think they have to win the turnover battle. I think Jalen. It really comes down to Jalen Hurts outplaying Sam Darnold. Like obviously they're not playing against each other uh, in a literal sense, but I think if Jalen Hurts has a, a game like he had against the Chiefs or against Atlanta, they win this game easily. Actually. Um, but they need to run the ball. And look, I think the narrative about running the ball more has kind of like kind of gone out, you know, out of our brains. Like it's it's been like a overused narrative. I just think you can really run on this team. And I, I, I think Miles Sanders and Kenny Gainwell are probably the two freshest backs in the NFL right now. Uh, you know, <laughs> I, I, I think when you look at this 
at this team, I think you've got to say to yourself, you can run on this defense. And look, if you have two fresh horses that are willing to stallion on out, go for it. I mean, this is the game where you can just say, hey, Miles Sanders, go break out. You want more carries down the road? Show us that you are the guy that we think you are or that everybody else thinks you are or that fantasy football players think you are. Um, <laughs> and I, look, I, I think this could be a really big game for either Miles Sanders or Kenny Gainwell. If they run a lot of hurry up, I think Kenny Gainwell is going to get a lot of action. Um, he's been terrific. I, my rookie grades come out tomorrow. He has easily the highest grade of the rookie class, the fifth round pick. So, um, I like that. Uh, you look at the corners. Dante Jackson's got good stats. He's a good ball hawk, but he every now and then he makes like a really bad mental mistake. There's a reason why they keep trading for cornerbacks when they have him. They also drafted J.C. Horn, who's injured. Uh, they traded for C.J. Henderson, uh, former first round pick. He's been he was a disaster in Jacksonville outside of I think his like first two games. Um, I think Devontae Smith's route running ability is going to be trouble for Henderson and Jackson. Um, I, I Look, I also think, you know, Jeremy Chin might be playing spy in this game, which would be really ironic considering the Eagles basically decided between him and Jalen Hurts in the second round last year. So uh, the, the poetry of that is not lost on me. Um, Look, I think this is a good matchup for the Eagles. I really do. I, I know the Panthers are three and one. The Eagles are one and three. But I just have a feeling um, that Eagles fans who travel to this game are going to be very happy. I could be wrong. You can light me up on Twitter or in these comments. But I don't know. You know, this is the first matchup <laughs> I have felt good about for the team that we cover in a very long time. So um, nobody. I, I don't think anybody expected them to beat. The Chiefs. No one expected them to beat the Cowboys. Uh, some of us expected them to beat the 49ers. Uh, you and I agree that we think that they're going to beat the, the Panthers. So um, give me your score prediction for this one. I believe I have it. it, it for me, it keeps fluctuating, but I, I think it's going to be one of those 24 20 type games. I think you, you're going to see a, a Jake, Jake Elliott is going to be busy early on, but they're going to find their groove. And like you said, this offense, the Panthers defense fits perfectly for what the Eagles office can do. Spread them out and just run up the middle. Let let Miles Sanders and Kenny Gingall find a seam because they let they, the Panthers let them open up a lot of lanes. Their defensive tackles, just the way they play, the style they play sometimes, it just opens up a lot of lanes in the middle. And that, that whoever starts at right guard, along with Jason Kelsey and Landon Dickerson, they're going to have an important job ahead of them. Yeah, I've got it somewhat similar. I think it's going to be a little bit more low scoring. I've got it 20 to 17. Um, like you said, I, I can foresee Jake Elliott being busy to start. I could see this being a, a seven to six game at halftime and then going from there. Um, but yeah, I, I think the Eagles pull this off. I don't think it'll be a convincing win. I think Eagles fans will still be tepid about the future. But I think, like I said, if they can get out of these first seven games at, at three and four, and then they had that game against Detroit. If they can get out of the first half four and four, everybody's feeling very good about this team uh, moving forward. Um, I you know, The panic button has been hit by a few of us, but uh, I, I think this Eagles team is, look, it's a 17-game season, so it'll be interesting how things turn out. 
Guys, thanks for joining us. Remember, you can subscribe to Eagles Extra by going to nj.com slash text. That's nj.com slash text. Uh, Chris and I have a lot of fun on there. You get instant updates, breaking news, instant analysis, in-game analysis, and some. we'll do some fun stuff in the coming weeks. Um, also, remember to subscribe to uh, the No Huddle Show podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. For Chris, I'm Mike. We'll talk to you after the matchup against Carolina.